What up, what up, baby? You already know what time it is. It's me, Webb, and a savage, sweet Jones Jr. And the sky's the limit. Straight up, and it ain't no limit. Lead it. Once upon a time, in a land far away, three men discovered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team with the ability to siege the bay. You'll never make it out of the bay. Give no quarter and feed the fish with any enemy that takes the field during their quest to find the Lombardi Trophy. Fox win! Fox win! Join Craig. And he walks up to me and he says, I'm John Lynch. He is a monster. That's, that's what he was, a hard-hitting white boy that played safety and he was something special. Eddie. He built the pyramid right in front of us and said, this is how we're going to do it. We got to practice doing things right all the time, little things, huh? details. And Zach. Every day you build, you got to build a foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. As they take you on a journey discussing front office moves, game breakdowns, and interviews. So batten down the hatches and get ready to set sail. It's time for Book.Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Craig. We're here with Buck That Podcast. I got my boy, Zach, in the building. How you doing today? We're doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to talk some Bucks football. A little lonely over here on this side of the bench. Missing my bro, Chacho, Eddie. No Eddie today, man. We wish him well, though. Thoughts and prayers. T's and P's out to Eddie and his family right now. Facts, for sure. Thoughts and prayers out to the boy, Eddie. Hopefully, we'll see him here next week, uh, chopping it up with us. Uh, over a, a Bucks victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah, man. Great victory. Hopefully, we'll have to see. We'll get into that a little later, chop that game up. And- we, we may speak that into fruition. But we got a bunch of things to get into. Um, quite notably, we got some hot topics today. Some very hot topics. As you may have heard, a guy on our team by the name of Ryan Jensen has done us a little bit of a favor, restructured his contract some, and, and, and it's a, a, a forward move not necessarily something that helps us right now this season but moving forward yeah it's going to help us um, free some of his dead cap money for next year 2024 and 2025 and split his dead cap for 24 into those two seasons so it kind of alleviates a little pressure on the bucks in in those years because it's going to be a little lean next year having to re-sign some of these major veterans that are coming off the books kind of similar to what we've seen brady do or brady had the chance to do but they decided to pay him all up front yeah basically pushing it down the line basically yeah hey whatever we got to do because like you said slim pickings next year and uh, we do got some guys to re-sign and one of those people is is another topic that we're going to get into, Mr. Mike Evans. Mike Evans and his uh his people, if you will, his crew made some demands this week. They right? made some demands. Look, by September 9th, it's got to be a contract that we all agree on, and we ain't talking to the end of the season. Yeah, and that's kind of scary going forward as a Bucks fan. I mean, Mike Evans, perennial Hall of Famer or, or Pro Bowler, going to be a Hall of Famer uh, in my eyes, at least. I believe so. He's, I'm sure you agree with me as well. I think he's done enough. What going for his tenth season of a thousand yards to start out? I mean, nobody's ever done that. Not even Jerry Rice, the greatest to, to ever catch balls in the NFL. So it's pretty crazy. Hopefully, we can get this done with Mike. It sounds like he's pretty adamant. He wants to be a Buck for life. He has openly said that. How do you feel about that? Do you do you think? I mean, me personally, if you if you want my opinion about the whole deal, um, if it's a business move decision, I think they should cut ties with him. He's getting to that age where he's still demanding a lot of money, but it's any year now he might fall off. But as a Bucks fan and somebody who's grown up with this team and grown up with Mike Evans, I I I kind of want to see him get resigned, hopefully at a cheaper deal, so we can have some room to maybe put a team around him. I think there needs to be some negotiations that happen. Um, I, I don't know. He, he's banged up a little bit. He's getting a little bit older in the tooth, like you said. 31, I think, to start the season. He's had a great career so far. Would love to see him uh, uh, retire a buck. I don't know if I sign him more. And who knows what the contract situation is. Maybe he wants a longer contract than they're offering. Maybe they're only trying to offer him a couple more years. Maybe he wants like a four- or five-year deal. Maybe they're only trying to offer him two. 
Well, he's 31 to start the season, so that means next year he's going to be 32 to start the season. He's getting to that age. I kind of equate him to like an A.J. Green, even though he hasn't had the injuries. You get to that age, and as a wide receiver of 31 and 32, you start to break down. We haven't seen many go over that age, and really you know, besides Larry Fitzgerald and maybe Jerry Rice, a little still. Terrell Owens, but those are elite of elite um, also, Mike Evans hasn't dealt with a lot of injuries, so maybe he's he's one of those guys that can do that. But I see him as a big body wide receiver like Calvin Johnson, and those guys t- typically break down as they get older. Well, he hasn't had any major injuries, but he's been dinged up, had some ankle injuries and different things like that over the last couple of years. Yeah, but I don't feel like he misses a lot of time. He doesn't, but he's still, you know... It's still wear and tear, like kind of what you're alluding yeah. to right now. So, And being a big guy, big long strider that he is, I just feel like... We're going to roll the dice one of these seasons, and we're not going to get as lucky um, and luck out with him not having injuries like we've had uh, in his career because he's been been able to put up uh, elite numbers. I mean, a 1,000 yards every season for nine seasons, you can't do that without staying healthy and play, being on the field and playing games. So. Oh, and that, that's truth. I mean, you know, but Kenny Rogers always said, got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, and sometimes knowing when to, okay, it's, it's, if you're the front office, we love Mike. We would love to have Mike around and retire a Buccaneer. But at what price do we pay that? Because we feel that maybe, kind of similar to what you're talking about, hey, maybe you got a couple good years left in you. But, man, you want this five-year contract come three, four, and five. Are you still going to really be worth, you know, this $18 million or what? You know what? I don't know what number he wants. Yeah, right now I think he's making like $17 million, which I think is a bargain for a guy like Mike Evans. Uh, but what's going to be interesting to see is if he doesn't get this contract, he plays out the rest of the season. If he's not able to hit that goal of 10,000 or 10 season of 1,000 yards, is he going to be looked upon as uh, falling off a step or you know losing it a little bit and not be able to get that money they want? So that's why he's trying to maybe garner that contract it's now. It's going to be interesting because of the quarterback situation there. Um, how good is Baker Mayfield going to be? Which, which hold on, can I stop you real quick? Go I, I got to rewind. I got to give Baker some love. I've been shitting on him all preseason long. You have, and he came out and and he just six for six. I think seventy six yards touchdown. Just the offense looks really simple and broken down. Like like Baker has a good handle on this offense, and 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 honestly, so does Trask. And going into the season with these two quarterbacks, there was a lot of doubt between all of us here in this room on whether or not we had any quarterbacks. But now I, I have some good faith that we have some above-average quarterbacks in hey, the room. there's the saying that says sometimes less is more. And, you know, you could have some very complex offenses out there, a lot of movement, a lot of pre-snap stuff going on. And you could have some simple offenses that just get the job done. And so, I think that's what we see with Dave Canales. He's kind of simplified it. Um, you know, Byron Leftwich's offense was a lot out of the gun, not a lot under center, uh, not a lot of play action. Um, dink and dunk and some shots downfield. Bruce Arians was obviously risk it, no biscuit all the way, you know, just tossing bullets left and right. But Dave Canales is more of that play action run game. So. Is your okay? So, do you feel like and I'm trying to think about how to word this is an eight and nine season considered successful for this Buccaneers team in your eyes? In my eyes, yeah, I, I, I do because I, I see what we've lost and. Which is Tom, Tom Brady, Brady and um, you know Brian Jensen and and some of these other Ali players. Marpet. Was, yeah, Ali Marpet, and we've lost a lot of these key guys from Super Bowl and playoff years. And w- there's no there's no sugarcoating the truth. We're in a rebuilding process, and no no coach, no GM likes to say that. But I would say reloading more than anything. But yet, I mean, people would. If you don't have a quarterback, I think you're in a reload process. Yeah, at least or, a re- at least a reload to say the least. Well, what's a reload and a rebuild? It's just it's similar, just the same words. It's just a different way of saying. I think it. people feel like a rebuild takes a little longer. A, a, okay, a, a re- maybe there's a stigmatism to that, but I, I I think with the reload, you're expected to win quicker. I think that's nowadays NFL saying rebuild. Okay, because that's just the way the culture is now. You got to win now. I mean, look at all these head coaches that are owed all this money. From I would the almost NFL say teams. that. You, I would almost say it applies to college a lot too. Because who you don't win, you don't win early in college. You might not have that L- job. Let's on. say a lot of professional sports. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. there's a lot of head head turn or head coach turnover in the NBA as well. So sometimes it's what have you done for me lately? I think the only person, and we kind of talked about this in, in the the truck before we came in and did the show. Only person who's probably protecting the NFL with their job would probably be Belichick. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's my personal opinion, and the one I gave you is that he's basically wrote his own ticket to uh, coach as long as he wants to. I don't think he would ever get fired. I think at worst they would ask him to step down. Yeah, and it's going to be behind the terms. scenes, yeah. like a uh, respectful deal. like Facts. Yeah, they say, you know, we're gonna, we need you to step down, coach. We don't want to fire you. We don't want to put that out there. We want you to go out on top. On top. But we're going to need you to retire and go up to Nantucket, wherever he spends his time up there in the <laughs> offseason. I hear he runs that town up there. He probably does. But man, you know this whole situation with Mike Evans is gonna is gonna be a little tricky moving forward. Well, what do you want? What do you think they should do? All right, because there's two different sides. I mean, just like I just said, two different sides of the coin. Business side, if they were to trade him and move on, I understand. If you don't have intention on signing him, find out where he would like to go, and give him that respect. Make the phone calls to those teams because it's Mike Evans. Somebody will trade for him, especially if they know on the phone call, hey, I'm going to extend with you guys. Um, he's definitely... Uh, or not even extend. I mean, I don't even think he has to say he's going to extend. He could be one of those guys that are bought up at the trade deadline to a team that's just got to get over the hill or needs a little help well, for the playoffs. Well, I'm saying that is because you probably would get a little bit more trade value if they knew they were going to be able to sign up for a few years instead of just like, oh, help us win right now. But what if that team doesn't value his future more than they value his present and what they can, what he can deliver to the team? I don't know. I'm not because, psychic. Just because I know, but I'm just thinking there's there, I'm, I'm around all, the league. I, I believe that there is this age limit for basically every single position where teams have this cutoff of like, no, we're not going to re-sign a guy at 32 for a three-year, fifty million dollar well, deal. And that's, that's all thing. I'm saying. I'm bald. I'm not Professor X. I can't yeah. answer that. I, I can't think of what everybody else is thinking. All I know is that he is probably a guy who can come in and help a team that maybe needs to get over the hump. Definitely. I, I totally agree with that. You got to think, Kansas City Chiefs, if you're a team out there, you got to compete with, with. Oh, that would be tough if you went to Kansas City. No, that would I'm hurt saying, my gotta, heart. You, you know I'm saying, but you got to compete against that. They yeah. already got, he's slinging it to anybody. Yeah. So but they do need receiver so help. So you, you need that firepower. You know, maybe Baltimore Ravens want to make that trade. Baltimore's got some sneaky guys over there right now. They brought in some some weapons. So. One, one trade partner we've always kind of had over the last, I would say, I, decade, Belichick. Honestly, uh, I think a really sneaky one would be NFC East uh, Giants. The Giants would be... They don't have anybody at the wide receiver position. Not of Mike Mike Evans' caliber. No. And they, and they, no, they got give, Darren Waller. They brought him in. And they probably give us the most. Who knows? I mean, there, there's, there's it's hypothetical. There. It's just, you know, we're, we're speculating, but yeah. Belichick's been known to trade with us over the years. I don't know if we get anything of value from Mike, though. What do you think we could get? I mean, a guy that's going to be expiring contract coming off of, uh, let's see, he's 30 years old. And I don't even think this is the talk right now. So we're just speculating we're just right speculating. now. We're literally throwing this shit to the wall. But um, what would we get from Mike Evans? It's not a first, and I don't think we can get a second for him. I think a second or third round we can we can get for him, especially. That's why I was saying if it was a team like you find out who he would be willing, because you got to think there's like the no tampering situation. But let's be real, I'm sure there's always like the hey if Mike Evans ever comes available, la da da da. Oh, you know what I mean, yeah, don't get it twisted. There's teams, there's agents talking, and teams talking to to light and stuff like that. And I'm sure if he got permission, he would. Could go seek a trade. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It, and you know, if Mike Evans was in on it about like who he wants to go to, obviously saying, "Hey, I want to go play for said team." You know that said team is interested in you. You're interested in them. Maybe he may not get a four or five year contract, but if that team is known they're going to get this receiver for like the next three years, who probably for the next three years is going to at least get you eight to nine hundred yards. You might be willing to throw a, a second pick at that, a second round pick at that. Well, you're gonna have you got to think about it this way though. You're gonna have to throw that capital and draft pick to that to Tampa, and then you're also gonna have to take on the responsibility of an aging player to a contract that's that that he's gonna like. Hey, if you're if you're a Super Bowl contender, yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I just honestly, I think uh, teams evaluate players. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if one of these times they negotiate a, a luxury tax kind of like how they do in the, in the nba yeah for the nfl so they can go over the, the salary cap a little bit during the year i don't know i like the way the nfl does it because it keeps everybody in check and there's a lot of parity within the league i do but i wish they would a lot of turnover up. and i love that. i wish they would bump it up a little bit more it's going up every year it's going up but 
I it's, think it's, I think one year they need to do a double up because of, just because of the price tag that the quarterbacks are taking. Yeah, now. but it is going up. They the, know, the bargaining up. agreement the it, it's going up every single year and it's going up by a lot. That's why the Bucks will have uh, a little bit more money in twenty twenty five too. How much money are they going to have in twenty twenty five? If we don't resign any of these players that are coming out of contracts next season, like Antoine Winfield, Chris Godwin, and stuff like that, Devin White, we're going to have like a hundred and fifty eight million to go spend so that number is going to fluctuate a little bit because i do think that we will bring some obviously we're going to be picking up players free agency draft and 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 re-signing some of these players so we're not going to have that much money but the bucks in 2025 are going to be in a little more friendly situation with a lot of the headliners that we've signed in the past i mean winfield years i think is book. definitely getting a contract I think I think Win- Winfield will another another conversation we were talking about that goes along with Mike Evans and his contract is Chris Godwin and the fact that his skyrockets from I think I was talking like eight million this year to twenty seven million next year. I mean that's got to be top five or six in the league as far as wide receiver money. And do we want to get off of that contract to free up some cap? Another guy is Vita Vea. I mean, he's getting up there. He's about 28, 29 years old, and he's he's making over $20 million next year and this year. I feel like it's pretty average for, for defense and linemen, though. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily the, the top of the – Everybody's going up except for running back, it seems like. Yeah, running backs aren't valued that much anymore because everybody's running back by committee. And I think it'll come back around. It'll shift around, and what we'll see is we'll see players like – uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, the Alvin Kamara's, the guys that are scat backs out of the backfield that do the Austin Eckler's that catch out of the backfield and turn that running back into position more like a utility position, you know, where you're catching balls and more like a wide receiver as well. Those guys will probably get paid a little bit more than your Derrick Henry's, your David Montgomery's, you know, the guys that Nick are just Chubbs. running first and second downs and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I think there's going to be some guys that are outliers like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, you know, those top of the league type guys and Derrick Henry saw a career high in receiving yards and uh, catches last year so who knows maybe he's turning himself into one of those type of backs so and sometimes just depending on who, who the coordinator is maybe they just don't use their running backs like that I think that is definitely the new wave we've seen it you know for years now even back with Darren Sproles and some guys like that Warwick Dunn was somebody who you know would get some catches out of the backfield now it's becoming more popular and you know if you're not a dual threat running back these days. Hell, you're not even relevant until like the sixth round of fantasy football. Speaking of dual threat, we've got one on our team. You know who led the league as a rookie last year at catches? Who's that? Rock White. Who? 50 catches last year as a rookie. That surprised me. I looked that up the other day. What's and I was his name? Like, Rock White. Who's that? Oh, number one, number one running back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, the, yeah. They don't know the name yet. They will. Oh, they will after this season, I think. I just drafted him in my fantasy league, took a little flyer on him as my fourth running back. Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. feeling good about it. You know, he catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, hopefully that doesn't change now that Tom Brady's no longer just like dinking and dunking out of the backfield. You know, Leonard Fournette for a season there was like 70 catches with with Tom Brady. So I think this Dave Canales offense is going to – it's going to be a little bit of a new wrinkle that we haven't seen in a while. And we had a little glimpse of that in the preseason, and I liked what I saw. I'm interested to see what we got. Seen a lot of good stuff from a lot of young guys, even some undrafted free agents that came in and stepped up, made the roster. I think that rotation going on with uh, Yaya Diaby coming in on defense, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. Yep. I'm, I'm liking the Sarasier Dennis situation going on, how he's been looking preseason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a guy that not a lot of people know on this roster, Marquise Watts. It's uh, one of the undrafted um Outside linebackers that we He's brought had a in, very good. Off-season. He made the team. We ended up releasing a guy like Cam Gill, who's been on the team for a while. We released our draft pick and Jose Ramirez to make a spot for this guy. We kept six outside linebackers, and he's one. And I'm very excited to see. What I, he I believe does. both of those gentlemen you named too got picked up on practice the practice squad. squad. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember. Which I'm that. glad we retained them on, on there. So they're sure you know still able to get called up on game day and be on the team, but. Not on the 53-man roster. Hey, but shout-out to that man coming in, putting in that work. Because, like you said, sometimes all you got, in, all you need is a chance. You get your chance and you make the best of it. Hey. He flashed, too. Like, I didn't hear much about him uh, as far as practice and stuff like that. But when I saw him in the game and I was just watching, you know, sometimes you get in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, you kind of get in the yawn fest and you start falling asleep. But then all of a sudden this guy's just like – 
doing Dwight Freeney spin moves and like getting to the quarterback. And I was like getting all excited on the edge of my seat watching this kid. And I'm glad he he's got a chance to make the team. I'm excited to see what he does. Well, especially when we got somebody like a first round draft pick from a couple of years ago on the hot seat who hasn't really shown us a whole lot. Yeah, JTS. JTS. Let's 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 hope that uh, what is this his third year coming into his third year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he makes that big jump. Hopefully he makes that big jump. If not, <laughs> he might be out of here. Speaking of another guy that might be out of here, and this is total speculation on our part. Okay. We had this little conversation earlier about Todd Bowles. Ooh. The Bucks aren't going to be in the running for the first pick overall. That's going to be Arizona. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. But that's for the Arizona show that we do on a Friday night. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, leave that there. But February 1st. Todd Bowles. I believe might be a little bit on the hot seat if he comes out and he struggles within the first eight weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Canales in this offense is looking halfway decent and that defense is looking bad if Todd Bowles is let go and Dave Canales is made head coach. All right. So I don't know if you've listened to No Boundaries at all. I've heard of it. But we have this thing where we're on there. You know how usually on the show you're you're the and I, I I've I've canceled this word the the da it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. It's called I'm about to hit you with a Zach attack. Okay. So. Oh da! I'm like still thinking of it. Like, what is he talking the about? The advocate. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So we, we we've named it the Zach attack. Now. Oh oh, I've got a I've got a something you, named after me. You got it. It's, it's the handle now. It's, it's, it's there's no more da. It's the Zach attack. <laughs> it's the Zach attack. So Zach attack time. Okay. Although I can see where you're coming from, and I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. I gotta throw the za at you. So, if the offense is looking good. But defense hasn't quite lived up to what it's supposed to be. And allegedly, let's just say Bowles is on a short leash. Do you think that the front office would want to go with experience more than bringing in this this young guy who has zero head coaching experience? Because usually when you get a new head coach, they do that when you're probably going to get a new quarterback if we don't do that great, we're probably going to be in position to get one of those four or five first-round quarterbacks that's coming out. Okay. So wouldn't we better be better serviced with somebody like a Harbaugh maybe that we can pull him from Michigan? Oh, hell He's no. He's always in the conversation. Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. Why do I want to go with a dinosaur? A fossil. A fossil. Yes. No. What, what about Mario Cristobal? Please tell me where this has worked in the NFL in the last 15 years. Bringing guys from college? No, bringing in fossils from college. Did it work with Nick Saban? I mean, Nick Saban never worked to begin with. It worked with Carroll, that's it. But he's not as old as he looks. He's a 15-year-old kid inside that body. (laughs) Pete Carroll is the oldest head coach in the league. But he does not act it and he does not look it. I don't know, man. I think there's some good coaches out there we can that we could bring in. Yes, and they're young. They're offensive minded, like who? Like Dave Canales. But you don't feel that there's somebody out there that has more experience than him. No, who's who's better to take over? Well, the, yes, there might be better guys, but I think he checks a lot of boxes. He's young. He's impressionable. What about your boy Mike Norvell from from Florida State? He's got them boys looking pretty good. I don't think he's going to jump ship to go to an NFL job. And no, I don't think he's – after one game against LSU, I, I don't think that's even a question or even a possibility at this point. What about Coach Prime? Now, if that happens, I mean, you better sign Coach Prime up. I'm already Buffalo. Like, I went out and bought my jersey the other day. You got, you got the Shador. The Shador. <laughs> I got the Sanders on the back. I'm, I'm doing, like, the, the primetime dance. Every must, time he throws a touchdown. Got must be the money playing on the CD player. Yeah. All right. I'm telling you. Listen. Colorado Buffaloes. I was very impressed with what they did. Super impressed with them. But this is a Buccaneers show, so get back to the coaching t- uh, topic. Let me name off some young coaches here and see if this see if this is good. Sean McVay. That could be a good one. Kevin O'Connell. Okay. Now this isn't this isn't 
possibilities. This oh, is oh. what has been hired lately and what the trend is moving forward in the NFL. But they all had coordinator experience and stuff prior for like years, though. Not necessarily. Uh, let me see. Uh, I, I don't think Zach Taylor did. I don't think he did. He was he, he was a cup of coffee under McVay. Um, Shane Steichen, I think, had a couple years in, in Philadelphia. I mean, look what Dave Canales has done. Work with Russell. He worked and made Geno Smith what he was last year, being the quarterback's coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And if he comes here and hypothetically, we're talking hypotheticals, this is, you know, if he does something with Baker Mayfield, why wouldn't you as an owner have confidence that if your head coach is slipping up, that this young guy, impressionable 42-year-old that relates well with these younger guys and checks all these boxes, offensive guy, that's the trend right now. Look at, look at this. Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell, Shane Steichen, Mike McDan- McDaniel, speaking of not being an offensive coordinator, he's a running backs coordinator, I believe, or running backs coach for the 49ers. He got a job over in uh, Miami, and look what he's doing. He's a, he's a brainiac. Have you seen this kid? This kid's a stud. He's like 38 years old. He's my age. He's coaching an NFL team. And here you are sitting on the microphone with me. Way to Zach go. Taylor, uh, Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith. I don't know. Is that good? You so, tell me. So you, so you think Canales is an answer? I think he's the next answer. And we, if, and if we stay in-house again. If. I say if. He's able to work magic with this Bucks offense. And all that we've seen in the preseason being a preseason games, we know that. we got to throw that out the window. It's basically practice. Um, we got to see what they do in the regular season. But if he can maintain this momentum that they got in the preseason into the regular season, I mean, that's magic. So you wouldn't want to get Elaine Kiffin in here? Absolutely not. These are going back to the, the Baker analogy and the retread tires. We know what we're getting. You're just regrooving those tires. You're going to get a couple years out of them, and that's it. I don't want an older guy. You said earlier, I don't think Bill Parcells could coach nowadays, and that might be a hot topic and a hot take, but I kind of agree with you. What about if the chin wanted to come back? Bill Cower? Bill Cower. I mean, that chin alone demands respect from all men. That stash? Come on. Please. No, I, I respect the hell out of Bill Cower. Leaving to go take care of his sick wife, his wife yes. passing away. Yes. And then uh an amazing stand up guy, one of the all time yeah. guys. Yes. I mean great on CBS uh football, you know, in the morning. So. so so here's my question for you real quick then. Let's just say hypothetically, and I like this is all speculation. We don't know whether it's gonna go down. This is just us hypothetically speaking, because who knows what the season's gonna bring. If they decide to move on from Todd Bowles, give it to your boy Dave Canales. Do we keep Baker or do we draft a guy? I think it all depends on how we finish the season and where we're at. This next year's draft is is thick of talent. Um, I, I like all the quarterbacks. I like Michael Penix Jr. too. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the decision that how this season plays out with Baker. I think they've made their decision with Trask. I don't see them drafting a quarterback and then doing this bullshit competition like they did this year with uh, a Caleb, a Michael Penix Jr., or, or a Drake May. No, I don't see that either. You give them those. You give those guys the job. You draft them with that high of capital in the first round. So um, it's all about how Baker plays. Or you at least bring him in like fourth or fifth game as you maybe have your Baker, your bridge gap quarterback. Yes, if we resign Baker. I think oh, Baker's yeah, yeah, only on a one-year one deal, deal. so you are correct. Um, if Baker doesn't do well, I still think the plan would be to bench him and put Trask in and see what we got in Trask. But even if Trask came in and did halfway decent, I don't think that he's the guy. I don't think next we, season. I think we. Got, I don't think we have the guy on our roster. No, I don't think so either. I, I, I think Trask has the potential to be, and I'm still beating the drum for him. Um, I, I I think we might see him later on in the season. Uh, and there might be a chance that he could show us something. But at the end of the season, I still think we're going to take that draft capital, that top 10 pick, and spend it on a quarterback. I think we get the, I think we get the guy in the first round. We keep Trask and extend him and try to make him the best. Trask got two. another season. So we still have him under contract for another season. Well, I was going to say, even maybe we extend him a little bit to keep him locked yeah. in. Yeah, maybe. And just try to make him your, your solid number two. I'm I'm down with that. He, I mean, he showed a lot this preseason. 
honestly. And if there was a quarterback competition, a true quarterback competition, I think, honestly, he won it because he showed a little bit more. He played a little bit more. What did Baker get every time he played? He had the, the first four drives or so, but he had the opportunity of having the scripted drive yeah. to show out on. So I, I don't know. We'll see what Baker showed me a lot too, but he hasn't shown me too much. Well, neither one of them has shown me that it factor. But I think Baker's like 12 for 13 or something this preseason. Something crazy. The, the only difference is, is I think that Trask did throw an interception and Baker didn't. Correct. But he was also more aggressive, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It'd be interesting to see if we're in position to pick somebody who we would pick. And, you know, college football just started. We don't even know mm-hmm. what they're going to finish like in projections is first, second, third, fourth quarterback and who's going to be first round grade, who's yeah. not quite possibly the second the second round graded quarterbacks would be first round, you know, grades in any other draft. So Yeah, we might have one of the greatest quarterback classes since the Dan Marino class. I mean, that's like the goaded class, I believe. Like, I don't know if we'll ever get that again, but. I thought the Andrew Luck, I mean, I don't know, RG3 didn't have a very good career, I Maybe guess. since, like, the Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip, Philip yep. Rivers yep. and I think Eli that, Manning. That might be it. Yeah. Those are some studs right there when they came so, out. So back to the Bulls, because you got my opinion on that. But what, what would you want as a Bucks fan? What would you like to see? Go young, offensive-minded, or bring in a fossil? So, personally. I mean, would Harbaugh really be an answer for you? No. I was that, I was just throwing names out there. I was I was Zach attacking you. I had to throw some, throw some names out there, some information just to give you. Okay, now I know how about. you feel when Isaac attack you because I got a little heavy in the chest and uh, adrenaline started pumping because I couldn't believe that you were thinking John Harbaugh. I've I've never been a fan. Or Jim. Well, he, he just always gets thrown in the in the mix with when any any NFL coaching job. So it was only you know. Okay. It, I, it doesn't have to do with the fact that you're a Michigan fan. No. Nah. Go blue. No. Nah, go blue. I'm a Miami Hurricane fan at heart. Um, so I, I I've never been a big fan of Todd Bowles to begin with. I was honestly a little shocked when they went from Bruce Arians. I always thought that um he wasn't gonna get the the head coaching job even when he stepped down. I thought it was gonna be um, Byron Leftwich that was gonna get the job. Yeah, I see why they made that transition because Bowles has the experience. Think that he's one of those guys, kind of like Romeo Cornell, where he's just a better coordinator. Well, the whole deal with him taking over for Bruce was the fact that the the continuity that he had with the defense, and then the fact that uh, Byron had a, a grasp on that offense that Bruce had handed down to him. So basically, he'd take over the head coaching job, still have his defense implemented, and his offensive coordinator be in place. So in theory, it's it seemed like. It would work, but because realistically, if you do what you're talking about, you get rid of bowls. That pretty much fires the entire team. Now, like you said, you got the in-house with with Canales, but he's the OC. So I he, don't know if it fires the whole team, though. I mean, I think you you might the other coach that comes if it's Canales. Now, let's say if it's Canales, but you, but you got to give him his his chance to bring in his people, though. Bring in his people, uh, what, Canales, like midseason? No, I'm saying. Or are we talking like offseason, like he gets the job? Oh, well, if you're talking about Bowles getting fired during the season, that's a different story. It would probably be Canales that ran it as the intern coach or whatever. Interim, yeah. The interim mm-hmm. coach. But if you give him the job in the offseason, if he's the guy you're hiring, I'm not necessarily saying everybody has to get fired per se, but he should be allowed to bring in his dudes. I agree. I mean, he may want to keep some people. From, That's what I'm saying. Just like keeping certain, you know, coordinators. I mean, he, he's, or, the, he's the OC. He may want to keep the, the guys that he got in there. He he may want to keep his wide receiver coaches, running back coaches, yeah. yada yada yada. Yeah. Defense. He may want to keep some of the guys from that. But you know, he's going to want to bring in somebody. Is he going to, you know? Well, what's going to happen is is he'll probably bring in a head coach or like will bring in a, uh, a I mean, a defensive coordinator, and then that guy will be in charge of probably bringing in his but, guys. But is but is he going to be an offensive coordinator still? Is he going to hire a guy underneath him as offensive coordinator? Yeah. Is he going to do both? That that'd be interesting to even you know see how that would play out. Yeah, we have seen success 
with offensive minded coaches, coaches still calling plays while coaching, but not too much with defensive minded coaches. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little different. Like when you're a defensive minded coach, you almost kind of need that solid offensive coordinator that's going to call the plays for you and and kind of handle that. And you know, you still kind of have your hand on the defense. Yeah, you almost need like a head coach in the wings on that opposite side of the like ball. Like an assistant head coach kind of almost. Yeah. It, it it does seem like that way. Um I don't know, it's it's we've got a lot to a lot to think about though if uh this isn't if the ship doesn't ride itself question into the season. If Dave Canales became the head coach and he wanted to bring in Peyton Manning as an offensive coordinator, how would you feel about that? One, I would love it, but that's never going to happen. Yeah, Peyton's got too much stuff going on. He's got like Omaha Productions. He's making, I mean, he had his hand in the quarterback film. I mean, he's all over the place right oh, now. Oh, he's got the Papa John's. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's, everywhere. he's like Shaq. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's the next Shaq. He definitely, I mean, that man, yeah. that man goes to sleep in his bank account and gets bigger. Eli, not so much. I mean, he's funny in his commercials and stuff, but Peyton just, man. He's on another He is on another, another level, level, for sure. Well, I guess that gives us one last topic to talk about. Yeah. What everybody's probably been waiting the most for. Yeah, we got a big game this weekend. We got the regular season home. opener. No, it's not it's, it's, it's not the, the home. It's the way opener. It's the way opener. And it's way up there too. It's their home opener. Yeah, it's up there in the great north against Minis- the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. Eh? <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> it, you, you don't you don't go to the concession stand and get a soda, you get a pop. A cola? No, that's no, that's a pop. They call they call it a pop. Who oh. says cola? I think that's like northeast. Probably northeast. Yeah, that's that's some Farva stuff. I just right say there. Coke. Coke. Yeah. Even if it's like Pepsi, I just want Coke. <laughs> Facts. Just give me a Coke. No, no Coke. Only Pepsi. But uh, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. I believe they're last time I checked a six point favorite. You're probably right. I don't have that up in front of me, but you are probably correct. Uh, about a touchdown sounds about right. I mean, these guys made it to the playoffs last year prolific offense they lost dalvin cook though they did but we've seen when dalvin's been out for injuries or anything like that for minor stretches of time that uh andre uh, madison comes in and just takes over they lost your boy hooked on the feeling yeah but he was getting old he was getting old he was 34 all right you know in the offseason though he was still running over 20 miles an hour god that's amazing for a white guy that's amazing. Yeah. Can you answer me one question, please? This is totally off topic and random. What, and this is a two part question. What's the most athletic position in the NFL, in football? Mm. Athlete? I don't know. Cause I mean, you could say that. Kick- I, I have the answer, but you go ahead and give, give me the, give me the answer. I think you got to be pretty athletic to be a wide receiver, cornerback. Okay. The second one. And this is only strictly my opinion. But please tell me why there's no white guys playing cornerback. And how come Jason Seahorn is not in the Hall of Fame right now? I don't know. He's the only white guy that's been able to do it. And he did it at a high level. I think he deserves some Hall of Fame. You love some Jason Seahorn. How can you be like the only guy ever... To play cornerback, how? Why is why is the cornerback position so racist? <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it just plays out that way. How come we aren't athletic as white guys? I mean, I don't like know. we can just play like dumb, stupid positions. Like I don't think the quarterback's a dumb, stupid position. Okay, but what about linebacker, defensive line? No, it depends on what linebacker you are. I mean, the linebackers. Are the I just mean like. Defense. Okay, I guess I, I guess I I shouldn't have said dumb, stupid, but I just think of like. Dumb and slow ogres, you know, that just can't get around and like tight end. Yeah, yeah, clod hoppers, you know, <laughs> dumpy knees. I don't know, but that's not that's on a different topic. It's just I was just thinking about that the other day, and we brought this up in the past though. But it's just like, how come we don't see any white guys playing corner? Maybe they're not good enough. And then, how come Jason Seahorn's not getting his flowers? Probably because white men can't jump. Probably, probably sounds about right. But getting back to this game, speaking of guys that can jump, very dangerous. Maybe your first overall draft pick in many of your fantasy leagues, Justin Jefferson. Amazing catch radius. 
Mason Catchradius is a guy that likes to run a lot out of the slot. Known to be a baller. Shot caller. 20-inch bl- uh, blades. On the Apollo. Uh, One of our weaker positions on defense yes, is that nickelback. Yes. Uh, rookie, Izian. Not, just not, just not, got the starting job. Yeah, not to be confused with the, the rock group nickelback. Yes. Overrated band, by the way. Looking at your photograph. But puts on a great concert. Do they? You like them? Yeah, I've never seen them, but I just like ran across them on YouTube and stuff. It's like it's like forbidden, right? You're not supposed to. You're you're, a you're closet, not supposed to be looking at. You're a closet Nickelback fan. I am kind of. But your boy Izzy, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna have his hands full. Do you think that they double, maybe a man over the top like they do Kelsey? But here's the issue. Well, I was gonna say that. Or do you think they put one of the the more experienced DBs on them? No, because Carlton Davis. Has never been known to travel into the slot, and neither has Jamel Dean. They strictly work from outside. This has been my whole thing this whole offseason is, is the cornerback position in our secondary depth, not our starting guys, Ryan Neal, Antonio Jr., Antoine Jr., um, but the guys behind him, like D. Delaney, McCollum. Do you think they put Winfield on, as a shadow? No, because that's the whole reason why they made him the starting cornerback because Antoine Winfield used to come down and play that nickel position a lot. But now they're having him strictly at the free safety spot. So they have to put somebody there. And so far they've made Izzy in uh, the starting quarterback. And I'm a, little, I'm a little worried. He's a little small, undersized. Justin Jefferson might be eating come Sunday. Just saying. I wouldn't doubt it. And if he is, fantasy football owners of Justin Jefferson are going to be very happy. I'm very interested to see, though, how this Bucks defense comes out and plays against this prolific offense. Each year that Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell have been together, passing yards have gone up by like 400 yards each season. Kirk might be one of those guys this season that goes for over 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Could be. He, he's pretty close last season. He's in a contract year, by the way. He's always in a contract year. This guy gets franchised like every. This guy's made so much money as a, as a quarterback that's been fran. What he's been franchised three times, I think. Right? Wasn't he like a late round pick as well? I think like fourth. It was the same year as RG three. Yeah, I believe it. It was either Snyder was an RG guy or Shanahan was an RG guy, and vice versa. One of them was a Kirk guy, and one of them was an RG guy. So they ended up picking both of them. Wow. Yeah. I think he was a second-round pick, maybe. Maybe. Oh, so doubled up. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but maybe it was like a fourth. But regardless, I mean, you, you draft with your first pick overall, RG3, you think you got your quarterback, and all of a sudden you're taking that, that draft capital in the third, fourth round and picking up a Kirk Cousins. But he's paid off for the Minnesota Vikings, I think, honestly. He I has. Mean, uh, it's, there's only two ways to go in the NFL. It's – it's either you get a, a veteran like Kirk Cousin that can come in in free agency and, and take over your team and, and point your team in the right direction, or you, you draft young, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson, Pickett, you know, all these guys. So Justin Herbert, who's been doing his thing, Joe yeah, Burrow. We'll, we'll see if we can succeed as a team that's bringing in lesser of a guy than Kirk Cousin because, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say that Baker Mayfield's anywhere near the Kirk Cousins quarterback caliber yeah i don't think he is either and i don't necessarily know i mean we'll see if he's the answer or not um there was definitely some guys out there in free agency that we could have got if had we had the money we didn't we had baker mayfield money we didn't have Derek Carr money unfortunately. Yeah. in so. all honesty with with the way uh the the salary cap's going to be turning over with brady this year and how we're gonna have to eat all this money it's probably the best way yep we're rebuilding let's or or how you like to say it, reloading reloading and, you know, we got a lot of question marks, not even just on the defense. Offense, we got to see how we're going to look in the running game. Yeah, I think the Dave Canales offense, though, the way that it's uh, set up is to set up the pass with that play action. And I think we're going to see so much more play action under center type run game. Whereas last year, we, we ran strictly predominantly out of the gun. So it's going to be nice to see under the center football again and kind of get back to the way things were played maybe 15 years ago with a little more um style and grace well a little no i mean style and grace i would think would be more of a passing game more like uh grunginess and i don't know just the trenches basically run game setting up the pass do you think rock is going to be the answer uh, running back one or do you think he's going to be somebody who uh 
I think like a lot of teams that don't have that that Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley, it's a running back of committee. I think we knew that coming in. I think we thought we we were going to see more Chase Edmonds, but he's been banged up. I think we will still see him because he's the veteran. But I do think that Sean Tucker is a guy that has shown a lot in the preseason, undrafted free agent out of uh, Syracuse who had heart issues, I believe it was, at, at the Combine. And that's basically why he went undrafted. So we got a steal on him. And I think he's going he's gonna to get some carries for sure to see what he can do against uh, the big boys. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely excited to see what he does. And to be honest with you, I was never excited about the Chase Edmonds signing. I honestly thought that was a waste of a signing. I get the whole, you know, bringing in the veteran. But Chase Edmonds, to me, has never really done anything that's really stood out where, like, I need Chase Edmonds on my team. I agree. I think he's just a good uh, third down back, you know, a guy that's a vet that can block and uh, is accountable in, in the pass and run game. So I think that's good for a young guy like uh, White, you know, being a second-year player to learn from. He's not the greatest back, but, I mean. He does have some veteran leadership. Besides him, I mean, we had uh, undrafted Sean Tucker, undrafted Cam Brown, uh and Keyshawn Vaughn. So we didn't really have much, and there wasn't yeah. a lot out there. And all these high-end running backs want too much money. Yep. Or they deserve, or they think they deserved that much money. But. Lenny, Lenny's still unsigned. Melvin Gordon got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. So I don't think Lenny's going to get signed. He might not, not unless he changes I, that tune. I think he's done. Or, or an injury happens. I, I, I thought he just came in out of shape last year. I didn't, I didn't like the cut of his jib. A lot of people just came in a little too heavy last year, and didn't didn't really look very good. That that may be why he's not going to be here, or that may be why he hasn't got signed. Yeah, exactly. And I think the only reason why a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, at his age, which is roughly the same age as Leonard Fournette, got the contract he got with New England is is his uh, reputation for his pass blocking on third downs and protecting the quarterback. Well, you know he's a good goal line guy. He, he is. He can get you a yard. He's a battering ram. He and honestly, I don't really feel like he's done anything wrong with the Cowboys besides just get dinged up sometimes. Yes and no. I mean, he just he just never was that Zeke that he was his first two years coming True. out of college. I True. mean, his average gone down. His yards per game has gone down, but his carries are still up there. And you know, he's just he's just not the same guy. He he looks like a thirty two year old running back, and he's only twenty eight, I think. 27. Yeah, that's, that's one. That's one of the positions that get get a lot of tax on it. That's why we've seen Dalvin Cook, you know, basically get traded from um, the Minnesota Vikings. At the end of the day, they were like, "Hey, we we feel like we can do just as good without you." Do you have a prediction on this game? I mean, I don't want to hit you with a Zach attack, but uh, I had to play devil's advocate or DA. Zach Attack, I, I don't see us winning this game. I, I feel like uh, Minnesota's got – it's going to be too much of a handful on offense. Um, being at home, that's a rowdy, rowdy crowd up there in Minnesota. Brand-new stadium. It's beautiful stadium, too. Beautiful stadium. It's loud in there. I wish we would get a stadium like that, by the way. I know we had this conversation earlier on in the preseason about our stadium, but I think our stadium's antiquated, old, and the fact that we have to bake outside – under the hot Florida sun for no, we need a dome. We need a retractable roof like Minnesota has up there. It's a beautiful stadium. Uh, we should treat the hot sunny weather similar to how they treat the snow. I think it's just as de- detrimental to the game. I agree. Honestly, it gets hot out there. I mean, my boy, right now, nobody can see this, but we got a fan isolating here in the studio. My boy's still dripping bullets like he's outside in training nah, camp it's not two even days. That bad, bro. I mean, a little bit. But back to my Zach attack. I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings are going to squeak one out. 35-28. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Okay. I think they're definitely going to cover the spread. I think they're going to more than cover the spread. I think it's – I mean, I could see them dropping 45 on us. Yeah, I think our defense is going to struggle to stop Kirk Cousins in that offense, and I think their defense is the weak point of their whole team as well. And I believe that they're going to have trouble stopping this Dave Canales offense, something that they don't really have a lot of tape on. We didn't really show too much in the preseason. It'll be interesting because I, I don't know if – I don't know what to expect from our offense, really. 
because like you said, even with the with the preseason games, we haven't seen a whole lot. Yeah, if we if we go off the plays that we saw and the way the offenses ran, it's gonna be pretty conservative as far as get the run game started and then kinda let the pass come off of that with some play action and intermediate routes, which I love those intermediate crossing routes. I feel like guys get open a lot easier doing that. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, give me one uh, one guy you think is going to stand out on Sunday for the Bucks. Mm. One guy who I think will stand out, and I'm not going to go with uh, you know the the common people. I want to say that in rotational play, I think Servassier Dennis is going to be somebody who will make a couple plays for us, and you're going to be like, damn. I really like what I'm seeing out of this guy. I think you just like saying his name. I do. It is a, it is a good name. It's a great name. There is an, another Servassier in college football that I just saw this weekend, and his last name is Servassier Smoke. Damn. Wow. That's a dope name. That's a dope name. Yeah. Um, my guy that I think is going to shine this weekend is a guy we talked about earlier. He's got a lot to prove. And if he doesn't hear from the Bucks in five days, he's gonna have a fire burning in that little bo- or that big body of his, and it's, I think it's gonna fuel one of his best seasons as a Buck, and it's gonna fuel his next contract with another team, and that's Mike Evans. I didn't want to go the popular pick because I had a feeling you were gonna hit somebody like that. I'm gonna say Mike Evans is gonna have a big game. He's gonna start off with 100 yards or more touchdown. I would love it. I would love to see it, especially starting off trying to get to that 10th season of a thousand yards or more that'd be a good way to kick it off with at least a hundred yards definitely and i also think chris godwin's another guy that's going to have a good game i mean this offense has been kind of choked down to these first two wide receivers we'll see with the russell gage injury if these rookies um uh trey palmer and uh what's your other boy's name uh little uh, topkins Devin Thompson. Yeah, if they can make an impact, or Rakeem Jarrett, if they can make an impact on the field. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It'll definitely be interesting. We got some great things ahead of us, hopefully. I know we'll have plenty to talk about come Monday with the recap of the Minnesota game, so I'm excited for that. And yes. we'll have our we'll Rochacho back Bro in the Chacho studio. will be back in the studio. So that's good. On that note, this has been another edition of Buck That Podcast. Your favorite Bucks podcast, the 941. From my boy Zach, I'm your boy Craig. We will catch you guys next week. Peace out.